Hey everyone, I've got something special for you today. Last week, I had a speech at the World Financial Group event hosted by Hall of Fame running back Marshall Falk. This is one of the best speeches I've ever given, so I need to share it with all of you. I'm going to go over the world of more than enough and the number one thing that will accelerate you to your success. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook. Well, well, I'm going to share my journey real quickly with you because what led me to WFG is something that will hopefully inspire and educate you to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. The reason I'm here today, and I've been filming a TV show all week, is because this company, this team, to me, is the best way to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. It's so aligned with my beliefs and my experience that I will do anything, not just for our team, but for this company and the people involved in it. This company represents America. It represents why I love this country because I have traveled the entire world and I've seen the poorest and the richest people. And the one thing I know about this country is it's the only place if you have nothing, that within an amount of time with the right aptitude and attitude, you can have everything. Everything, everything you ever dreamed of because this is the most abundant company and country in the world, in the entire world. And I am living proof of that. You see, I grew up probably like a lot of you. Who here here grew up poor? Yeah, me too. I feel sorry for the rest of you. Um, (laughs) I do, I do. Well, I grew up really poor. I had a single mom. I was five years old in Akron, Ohio. Single mom. She worked two jobs. Second grade teacher, packed my dinner in a paper bag, had six kids, five boys and one girl, and then filled up turnstiles at convenience stores with greeting cards just so we could eat. And my mom, she only cared about one thing, her children and their future. And the mechanism that she was going to empower us with was education, right? Doctor, lawyer, or failure. Fetus wasn't fully developed till after graduate school. You could do whatever you wanted after graduate school. Now she had two things to get us there. One, which I'll give a little parenting advice and life advice. She woke all of us up at 5 a.m. every day. All six of us and her philosophy was we would not have enough energy at night to get into trouble. I tried my best when I was in high school. I'd sit at the party. I'd say, I'm going out, mom. She'd go, have a good time. 11 o'clock, I'm sleeping on the couch at the party. Sometimes they'd draw on me with a Sharpie. Pretty soon, I didn't want to go out anymore. I just wanted to study and go to bed. The second thing that she utilized, she was a black belt in the martial arts. She didn't look like it. She looked like your typical mom, teacher. But she was a third degree black belt in the martial arts of Jewish guilt. So if you could be a master of guilt and wake your kids up early, they'll be hyper successful. My siblings all went to the Ivy Leagues, all were summa cum laude. They're all passionate, purposeful, and profitable people. But I ran in a different crowd. I just wanted to be rich. Who here wants to be rich? Good. I want to be real rich. And I think that receiving is something that's so important because you cannot give what you don't have. And I know all of you want to be rich because you want to give it to somebody. Well, I wanted to buy my mom a house in a car worse than anything in the world. And I'm going to try not to cry because the reason was 
My mom did everything for me, <laughs> for my kid. She did. I still can't imagine what it was like. I'm a parent of four. I got everything I ever dreamed of, and it's still hard to be a parent. I couldn't imagine what she went through. And I sat there and I said to myself, man, I'm so happy. We're so poor, but I'm so happy and full of love in my house. And yet my mom would cry because the car would break down. The only time we weren't happy was financial stress, right? So I started in my mind thinking, man, money buys happiness. Money must buy happiness because I'm already happy. I got this great mom, these incredible family members. Only time anyone's not happy around me is when something breaks. Right? So I was, in my mind, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be rich. Now, originally, my idea of getting rich was probably the same as my friend over here. I wanted to be a professional running back. From the time I was five, I carried a, court, a, a football around with me. Everybody laughed at me, made fun of me. There wasn't one season I started a, any season from Pop Warner to high school to college where I was even, I think, listed on the board. But some, t- but some way, at the end of every season, they were applauding me, but then doubting me the next season because I was still five foot seven, 150 pounds with very little talent. But I learned one lesson. I always enjoyed the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of my potential. Yeah. Now, my potential in football was not that of our Hall of Fame friend over here, but I always tell people in my lifetime, I've had everything I ever dreamed of, but the closest I came to my potential was being an average Division III college football player because I worked so hard, and that's the best I could do. But when I translated that over into my life, everything started happening for me. I went to college to be a doctor. I found out that doctors had to be in hospitals. I thought you could be a sports physician just on on fields. My brother told me to be more interested than interesting. When I told him I was going to be a doctor, he said, you hate hospitals, man. This ain't working for you. Write that down. Be more interested than interesting. Changed my life. So I reversed engineered where I'd go to law school, doctor, lawyer, or failure. After getting run over by Christian Okoye my freshman year, I decided doctor, lawyer, or failure sounds a lot better than NFL star. If anybody wants to see a signature, by the way, I'm the first one to get a size 13 autograph. It's still right here when he stepped on me. <laughs> I probably coined the term Nigerian nightmare. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I go to law school to be rich. So I reverse engineered where I went to law school. I actually did more research about what law school had the highest paid graduates. And it was a school that you may not think of as Tulane University in New Orleans. And that's because oil and gas litigators graduated from there. And the highest paid profession in the law out of law school was to be an oil and gas litigator. See, I became more interested and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to buy my mom a house and a car. So I graduated Tulane and I got a job with an oil company paying $150,000 a year in 1992. And I thought, man, I'm going to easily be able to buy my mom a house and a car now. But one other thing happened that applies to what we do here is, see, when you're trying to receive, you keep your options open. And I think one of the reasons I'm standing here on stage today is I've always been someone that's looking for a better opportunity that's aligned with what I want. And I'll tell you what I want. I want to make a lot of money because I know that's the only way I can help a lot of people and I get to have a lot of fun. 
I swear. And so I decided I'd take any job that paid more than that one and it was hard to find. But in 1992, I got offered a job in sales. $250,000 comp plan. Selling legal research online in 1992. Now XT computers, 9,600 bio modems, dial up service. I went to my mom and I'm trying to make the decision. I said, mom, I want to buy you a house and a car. I got this job offer. I really want to take it. $250,000 selling things, but I got this secure job being an oil and gas litigator. What should I do? She looked at me and said, you need to be a real lawyer. Don't you dare take that sales job, son. Be a real lawyer. This internet thing, it's a fad. It's never going to last. <laughs> now I'll tell you that because the reason I'm standing here on stage is I learned a valuable lesson that day when I looked at my mom who loves me more than I even love her. I can barely talk about her without crying. She loves me probably too much. And I looked at her and I thought to myself, just because somebody loves me doesn't mean they give me good advice. She, lo she still loves me too much. But she was a second grade teacher. And what she wanted for me was stability. She didn't know my potential. She didn't know. So I decided to take that job in sales. Nine months out of law school, I was a millionaire. They laughed at me. My friends in law school laughed at me, scoffed at me, made fun of me. and said, you're turning down the best job anybody in our graduating class gets. You're turning it down to sell internet? Yeah, nine months after law school, they were begging me for jobs. And they were. Three years later, we sold the company for $3.4 billion with a B in 1995. With a B. Who's laughing now? And then I went to the Silicon Valley. I left that. Thomson Reuters bought us. They begged me to stay. I left it to go to the Silicon Valley because there's this new thing called wireless and I got into the wireless proxy service space and I learned to raise money, raise hundreds of millions of dollars. By the time I was 30 years old, I was a multi-millionaire running Samsung's phone division with no engineering or technical background at all. I ran the world's first smartphone, a Windows phone, hung out with Gates, HP, all the executives, Sequoia, TPG, Amarindo, I learned how to do everything because I kept an open mind and open heart and open hands. I, I didn't care about anything about money other than I thought it bought happiness because I would give it to charities, I'd give it away. But what I did understand was I was a negotiator, which is why Lee Steinberg hired me to run the most notable sports agency in the world because everything to me was a negotiation. I was negotiating when I gave, right? It was a trade, right? I was very philanthropic, but I didn't understand that just because I had left the world of not enough where everything happened to me as a victim, and I would say, why can't I have this? Why not me? To a world of for me, where I would give to receive. My mom would always say, honey, honey, the more you give, the more you receive. Well, I'll tell you one thing I learned about my mom. She didn't have shit to give except for her love, I'm seeing financially. I still support her. I didn't want that. I wanted to live in a different world. Now, I had a hard lesson to learn. Uh, I, in 2006, two years before the big crash, I got hired as CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. So not only was I a multimillionaire, I'd married my dream girl here from San Diego that I went to elementary, junior high, and high school with. She hated me. 
<laughs> I asked her to go study a sixth grade camp and she said no, so I threw an egg at her. But she, from the time, from the time I was 24 till the time I, I, I was 38 in 2006, having everything I wanted, multimillionaire, married to my dream girls, three daughters under five, everything I ever wanted, except for happiness, had lost me. And I started surrounding, I had access to the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, I had access to people, the most famous people in the world, the people I looked up to the most, people like Marshall Falk <laughs> and Warren Moon. And, but but I, I thought that money bought love and happiness and what I realized, I asked my wife, I said, uh, can I go to the Grammy Awards? And she said, you know, I really don't think you should go out anymore. You've been partying way too much. You're not paying attention to our family and you're not paying attention to work. I'm worried about you. I said, yeah, but little John, he invited me and we're gonna go have a good time. She's like, definitely not. <laughs> so I, li I lied to her and I changed my clothes in the car, told her I had a business meeting, came home at 5.30 in the morning, wasted out of my mind. She's waiting for me. I walk in, she said to me, I'm not happy. I'm leaving you. I'm like, what? I'm not happy. I'm leaving you. You better take stock in who you were and what you want to become because you're going to end up dead. I wish I was ready to hear it that night because I looked at her and I said, who do you think you're talking to? I provided all of this. I'm the one that did this. Look around you. You wouldn't have any of this but for me. How dare you even say you're not happy? How dare you? And I went to bed and I woke up thinking to myself, how am I going to steal her happiness? Thinking about what lawyers I knew, how I could take her money to steal her happiness. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get divorced. And I looked over, and in the closet was a jacket my dad gave me when I was 30 years old. He gave me a jacket with no pockets. At the time when he gave it to me, I told him I hated him. How could he punish me, give me that jacket? He said, you're just like me. Money doesn't buy happiness, Dave. I want to give you this jacket to remind you you can't take anything with you. I told him, I hate you, Dad. You're a liar, a cheater, manipulator, overseller, back-end seller. I'm nothing like you. I hate you. And there I was sitting on the end of my bed thinking about ruining my life when I looked over at that jacket and realized, I don't hate my dad. I definitely don't hate my wife. I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. I'm a manipulator, overseller, back-end seller, and I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become, and I did. And I took stock in gratitude, which gives me perspective. I say thank you every day before I go to bed and when I wake up. It's the best way to change your life. I promise you, if you can say thank you for 30 straight days, before you go to bed and when you wake up, you will make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a little fun. I promise you. Nothing else. Simply. Now, who here thinks they can say thank you? Here's the thing. I've studied physics, metaphysics, and quantum physics. I sit on something called the Transformational Leadership Council. Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, John Asaroff, all the people in the movie The Secret, if you've ever seen that. I've actually been put into the movie Beyond the Secret, the sequel. I have been with Think and Grow Rich, the Legacy, in the movie and the book. I've been around Oprah and Deepak and Sadhguru. All agree gratitude's the most powerful thing in the world. Here's the saddest thing about this group and every other group I've ever spoken in front of. By tonight... 
half of you won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half of us won't say thank you. And within three days, most of us won't say thank you. I've given you the most powerful thing in the world. It takes 0.1 seconds and it's free and it's guaranteed to change your life. The most powerful, successful people will guarantee gratitude is the key. The ability to find the light, the love, and the lessons in what you do. But yet we're so far in our way. Well, I decided that day to get out of my own way with gratitude, forgive myself, take accountability, ask myself, what did I do to get here and what am I supposed to learn from it? And I ended up, instead of being motivated, I became inspired. I live in spirit. You see, I was really good at talking to people and motivating them this way, but I forgot that I'm connected to the greatest source of light, love, and lessons of all time. And it's supposed to come through me with appreciation to add value to what I do to give it away. I always wanted to give it away. See, I do not give to receive ever again. I receive so I can give. And I receive from the highest power so I can give away to others. And that's why this company means so much to me. I have a lot of things going on. Go ahead, Google me. I promise you I will put it up there next to anyone how productive, accessible, and gracious I am with my life. And it's to give it all away. Give it all away. Why is that so important? Because I'll tell you, in 2008, two years after I started, when I bottomed out and saved my marriage and saved my life, two years after, I lost everything. Over $100 million, I lost it all. And the lesson that I learned, besides the gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, was that I was financially illiterate. I had a law degree, a business degree, graduated top of my class almost everywhere that I went, but I didn't understand finances. And so when I started making money again, I started to do one thing, ask for help. Right? I started to ask for help. And I realized that I needed to know what I want, who could help me and who I could help and how to get there and how to prioritize it, what I'm supposed to do now according to my timing and my risk tolerance so I can apply my why. Right? I don't look for my why. I know my why. My why is to give my life away. But I need to know my what, my who, my how, and my now. And so I started learning and I started buying products that I never even heard of. Because I thought I knew everything. And then I started talking to people like Marshall and Tyree that understood things that I thought I knew better than they did. Oh, he's a football player. What is Tyree and Marshall? Are you kidding me? You guys paid me all that money to take care of your money. What are you talking about? Look, fool, you lost over $100 million. You don't know what you're doing. I don't. But I started learning about annuities and IULs and how you could borrow against insurance and all these things. And I was a customer long before I became a team member. And I tell you, it saved my life. Here I am, 13 years later from when I was negative. I lived in a rented house with a rented car. I had 33 homes in San Diego alone, a golf course, a ski mountain. I had everything I ever dreamed of and lost it all because I didn't ask for help. And I decided to be more interested than interesting and learn about this stuff. And when I found out from my friends like Ed Milet and Marshall Falk and Tyree that there was a company that didn't do this just for the rich, right, just didn't do it for the rich, but did it for everybody, I said, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. And I, 
And here, my mission, as you know, is to empower over a billion people to be happy, to make more money, help more people, and have more fun. And I will tell you, this is the place to do it. This is the place that if you're willing to enjoy the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential to be of service to others, that not only will you make a lot of money, help a lot of people then have a lot of fun, but you will empower others to empower others to do the same, that we can create a collective consciousness of abundance. What does that mean? Let's take all those people that live in the world of not enough, where everything happens to them as victims, or all those people that live in the world of just enough, that buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like, and let's have them join us in a world of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone. A world between limitlessness and infinity, a world of abundance where you don't have to live in fear, that you know that I will give everything I have away because more is coming. Because there's more than enough. And honestly, this is the place to do it. And now I'm in position that I can be of service and of value to you. My team can be of service and value to you. All you need to do is ask. Please, if you're gonna write down anything, all I need you to write down is, do you know anyone that can help me? You see, in this business, everybody is qualified. I used to spend my life teaching people, here's how you find the exact prospect. You know, this is the middle-aged lady that makes 65 to $75,000. This is the exact lowest hanging fruit. No. Look for people with open minds, open hearts, and open hands. I promise you they're surrounding themselves with people with open hearts, open minds, and open hands. They live in the world of more than enough. This is all yours. Live in the world with me, with WFG, in abundance. Thank you so much. Be happy. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode in any way or found any value, screenshot it, share it, however you like. My only ask is you help me empower others to empower others to be happy.